the sooner you come to grips with your mortality and the opportunity you have today to make a difference, regardless of how young you are, you can make a killer difference, huge difference today. But you've got to be crystal clear on what matters most to you. You know, this world today doesn't need a whole bunch of people that just say yes and go along with trends and follow cultural currents. What we need are people who stand for something. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Grace for Impact. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I'm very excited about today's guest. He is a leading executive coach and CEO and co-author of the newly released book with Michael Hyatt, Living Forward, a proven plan to stop drifting and get the life you want. Our guest today is none other than Daniel Harkavy. He has spent the last 25 years coaching leaders to peak levels of success, performance, and profitability and fulfillment. And in 1996, he founded the elite coaching firm Building Champions, Inc., where he serves as an executive coach and CEO while leading a team of 20 other coaches. He's a trusted confidant and resource for Fortune 500s and other high-performing organizations. Harkavy has built a current and past client roster that includes the who's who of industry. Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Infinium, Nike, you name it, he's worked with most of them. His last book, Becoming a Coaching Leader, is an acclaimed manual that shows leaders how to coach their people. Today, I am super excited to talk about his new book that he co-wrote with Michael Hyatt, Living Forward, A Proven Plan to Stop Drifting and Get the Life You Want. What the heck is drifting? We're going to talk about that. Why you need a life plan? We're going to talk about that too. We're going to talk about so much stuff today that is going to help set you on the path toward achieving the high-performing results that you are seeking. So sit back, take a lot of notes, and brace for impact as we chat with Daniel Harkavy. We are honored to have you and, and welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Um, we always like to kick things off with a kind of a fun question, which is about superpowers. So if you could pick any superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? Well, uh, that is a big question, and uh, the answer for me is pretty straightforward. And if I'm going to pick a superpower, it's going to be healing. I'm going to be uh, the ultimate physician and healer, and uh, I can't think of a more powerful or impactful uh, superpower to have. You know, if I could just touch anybody and everybody, and then all of a sudden ailments and disease are taken away, I think that wins. Yeah, that that's a pretty powerful superpower, and I, I know that that I know um, having read your book that like you, your buddy Mike, you know that 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 would have been an awesome superpower to to have in that moment, uh, which was a, a a great story. Yes, yes, uh, it would have been really good for him, and 
And I, I consider it to be a, I don't know, a, a great blessing as well as massive challenge. I, I've lost a few friends and uh, lost them at young ages and, and actually been present with them as they took uh, their last breath here. And I tell you, man, what you learn from watching life leave somebody uh, and and then how that fuels the message behind the book, Living Forward, it goes hand in hand. And, it, you know, you're not asking, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of me that uh, I think is incredibly passionate and fueled by those um, very painful moments. So, Absolutely. I think that uh, pain drives a lot of growth in all of us, yep. uh, whether it's in our personal life or, or our, our entrepreneurial paths. Uh, pain is definitely a, a source uh, of uh, of greatness being born in people, yeah, no doubt. So, so why are you an entrepreneur? What what was what was the impact moment or moments that kind of launched you on this path of entrepreneurship and coaching and just you know crushing it? Well, thank you. <clears throat> um, so, so I started this company twenty years ago this month. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It goes by so quickly. It's uh, wild to to wake up and realize. 20 years, 20 years. Um, but, uh, that, that the, the vision of building champions came to me at the age of, uh, 30, 31. And that was after taking a one year sabbatical, which was after 10 years in the mortgage banking world. And basically what fueled my passion for this business was I so loved the coaching piece of my last job. So as a mortgage banker, what where I really excelled was in management. And my style of management was to work with really talented, gifted, hungry, humble people and help them to go further faster. So I would, I would identify them. I would begin adding value to them. That would begin a recruiting process. They would eventually come to work with me. And the whole thing that I would do over and over again was help people to really get clear on what success looked like for them in all areas of their business and their life, and then help them to identify specific steps that would close the gap from current reality to that future state. And I just had a methodology of meeting with them, having those conversations, following up, keeping good records, encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. And that proved to be very, very fruitful for me in banking. And then during that one-year sabbatical, um, relocated from SoCal up here to Portland, Oregon. And it was during that period of time where I just did a whole bunch of soul searching and tried to figure out what I wanted to do in the next chapter of my life. And uh, interesting enough, all three of the opportunities that were most exciting to me were me owning my own company. Um, Something that I'm thinking about just now as I'm talking to you is that I was surrounded by entrepreneurs. So my extended family, um, a whole bunch of entrepreneurs from my grandparents to aunts and uncles, uh, they were all... um, you know, startup kind of folks. So I, I had always seen that that was very real and possible. So you bring it back to my story at 31, um, three different opportunities. The one I got most excited about was the coaching because it was where I could use the majority of my passion, experiences, and gifts and make that my sole offering, which is I succeed when you succeed. And uh, I figured I could monetize that. It's interesting. We were just a, in a, a lunch conversation after my run with some of my fellow coaches and guys on BizDev, and we were talking about those early days. And I really started this thing by saying, hey, this is the type of income I want. And uh, this is how I want to invest my time during the day. And it was through that model that I came up with our original pricing structure. And today we're redoing pricing again for the I don't know how many time in 
20 years, but it was passion and it was skill set and it was opportunity. And uh, that's what fueled me to uh, launch out onto my own. That's awesome. You know, it, coaching to me is one of the the most uh, rewarding jobs that, that there could be, whether it's coaching your kids, whether it's coaching an entrepreneur, what, whatever it may be, just being able to to draw the potential out of somebody, especially when they're stuck in a rut or stuck and can't get past a problem, it is so powerful. And it kind of leads me a little bit into my my next question, which is about mentorship. And you, I mean, I ask this of everybody, but your job literally is being a mentor in no uncertain terms to people. But can you tell us a story about a mentor in your life who impacted your mindset and and maybe influenced your outlook in life and business? Yeah, I've got a, I actually have quite a few. Um, I have always been uh, pretty hungry to learn from people who were further down the road than I was. And I've been very fortunate. Um, I'm comfortable asking people for help. So I will always ask people for a cup of coffee. I will always ask people for 30 minutes. Um, it, years ago, I wrote a book called Becoming a Coaching Leader. And in there, I share stories of how I first entered into the business world in my 20s. And if I didn't make my palms sweat because of pushing it every day, then I failed during the day. I always push myself to get out of my comfort zone. And therefore, it enabled me to meet with a whole bunch of people that other people might be intimidated by. And those folks ended up taking an interest in me and they shared amazing gems and pearls of wisdom with me that, uh, then enabled me to to make a choice and choose to act on those those bits of wisdom. But I think of I think of my my um, I, I lost a, an uncle, a great uncle. He died last week at 101 years old. His wife of 90 99 years old, been married 78 years, sitting right next to him. And wow. I just visited them three uh, weeks ago. But he was an entrepreneur. He owned a very successful hardware uh, chain in Beverly Hills, and he started it right after the depression. And his high-end hardware, it was in every beautiful estate in Beverly Hills. And this guy retired when he was young, had an amazing lifestyle. He and his wife had a beautiful marriage, fantastic family. And I think of Chuck. And uh, so I want to honor him because I could choose so many people from my dad to my previous employers, et cetera. But just losing Chuck last week at 101, I'm going to honor him. And I'll tell you, I, I spent time with him very much like you are with me right now. And this was probably when I was in my 20s. And I said, Chuck, I want to talk to you about success. You know, you have been incredibly successful, lived in a beautiful place, uh, always generous, um, and uh, all family events were at their, their estate out in Beverly Hills. It was in, insane. And that wasn't my lifestyle. That's not how I grew up. But uh, I asked him about success, and he said, you know, Daniel, there's always going to be more work for you to do. And one thing that I have always done is I've taken care of myself. So my day, he said, I always come home at lunch and I swim or I play tennis. I work out at lunch and then I take a nap and I eat a healthy lunch. And then I go back and I work a really good hard second half. And uh, that was one thing that always stuck with me because, you know, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they put their health on the back on the back end and, uh, you know, it's an afterthought. And as a result of that, a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves dealing with medical issues or health issues when they get later in life because they don't stick to a good pattern. And don't think that, you know, five years later or 10 years later after your company's up and running that all of a sudden you're going to have a whole bunch of free time because success begets success and you're going to be more in demand. So you have to establish really good habits when you're just getting going. And he helped me with that. And, you know, I, I shared with you just as uh, I got on the, on the 
the interview today, the podcast today. I just got done with a, a lunch run with Todd, uh, our head of content here. And for 20 years, we've been running and lifting and paddling and doing all sorts of stuff at lunch. And many people in my company, we take this midday break and uh, just to, to keep the, the health and the body and the mind uh, in a good place. So it's so critical. I mean, I, I mean, too many entrepreneurs will just, especially here in the Silicon Valley, they'll just like burn, you know, they'll, they'll burn both ends of the candle and until they just absolutely crash and their health crashes, whether it's their, their physical health or their mental health. I mean, it, it's, I, I do it. I do CrossFit. So I, I do CrossFit every, East. Spr- uh, yeah, You're a beast. You. Uh, I, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a hard, it's a lot of hard work. Um, and, uh, but it's super rewarding and I do it first thing in the morning, right after I have my prayer and meditation, right on. I go to the, I go to the gym and then I get, I get after it there and it equips me for, uh, the rest of the day, for my mental outlook, my energy. I don't have to have a cup of coffee when I, when I come to the office, cause I've already got like all kinds of endorphins running Yeah, and, and it's just so critical, but not only just physical health, mental health, people don't take time to to sit back, take a pause, think about what they're doing, talk to somebody else about what challenges that they're facing, which is, which is one of the amazing things about your book. And this is almost a perfect segue into the, the questions about living forward. But before I go there, I wanted to kind of jump back to a, a couple of things that you said. Um, one is on, on mentorship and, and, you said about you, you had to get out there and push yourself and make your, your palms sweat and get out, get out of your comfort zone. And the, the thing that popped into my mind when, as you were saying that was, you know what, you, people just have to do it. I mean, they just got to take that next step, that next best step and, and get out there and do it and, and ask those for the big asks. Because you know what, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that somebody says no or that you fail and you learn a lesson and you start you you take another approach but there's nothing lost by taking action there's only everything's lost by not taking action yeah so let me jump in there because what you're talking about many people might be listening to and nodding their head but not everybody understands a really important point that you just made and it has to do with failure How you're wired, Mike, uh, whether that has to do with your upbringing, whether that has to do with some early successes, your parents, uh, the environment that you grew up in, you see failure right, but that is so abnormal. You see failure and you immediately linked it. I'm quoting you. You said, you fail and you learn and you move on. Now, that thinking, that wiring in your brain is abnormal and yet it's right. And when, when I've had the opportunity to talk to large groups of business executives, uh, they're working on performance management, they're working on build, building leadership capacity, whatever it may be, they'll always want to know, as a guy who's been executive executive coach, we've got 20-some coaches here in the U.S., and we coach business leaders not only throughout the U.S., but throughout the world. They'll ask, what are some of the common attributes you see in top-performing business leaders? And one of them is always how leaders view failure. 
And failure is not something that defines. Something is not something that should intimidate. It is not something that you should shy away from. It's something you should run into. And you always enter into situations where you have the opportunity to fail, which means that you're innovating, you're growing, you're stretching, which is what you were designed to do. And then when you do fail, not if you fail, but when you do fail, then you stop, you pause, you reflect, you assess, you adjust, you learn, and you move forward. And that's part of growing. And too many people, because of environment, parents, school, uh, sports situation, a stage situation, something early on, they failed and they got kicked in the teeth and they got kicked really hard. And then maybe they got a label and they see failure differently. So they don't make their palms sweat. They play it safe. And chances are you're attracting entrepreneurs here. So all you entrepreneurs, you're okay with failure and you see it as something that's required in order to succeed. But don't miss that. That's huge. Totally. And and actually, like one of the core purposes of my podcast is to kind of reach behind the veil, so to speak, and to draw these entrepreneurs out who who are afraid to take the next step or who have failed and fallen flat on their face and haven't really picked themselves up and dusted themselves off and moved forward um, yet. And some of this, one of the reasons, and this is going back to something else that you said about why you started building champions. And you, you talked about passion, skill set, and opportunity. And um, I think that one of the reasons why a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid to move forward, especially after a failure, is because they say, oh, well, I, I lack the skill set to succeed in this area. And and I want to challenge entrepreneurs listening and you and you can add your your two cents here, but too. But I think that I think that you need to have the passion and you need to have the opportunity, but you can go and get the skill set. Absolutely. And you can develop it. I uh, I can tell you when I started building champions. 20 years ago at 31 years old, coaching folks that were my dad's age, my skill as a coach sucked in comparison to what it is today. Mm-hmm. So you got to start somewhere and, um, and then you can develop it. And if you yourself aren't going to be the one that should best develop it because it's not in your highest and best use and you're going to need it in order to round out your, your, uh, your business, yeah, you can hire it. I mean, there's so many talented people with different skill sets and you're 100% right. Totally. One of my favorite uh, Winston Churchill quotes is, is never fear ac- uh, never fear action, but rather inaction. You bet. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about health and wellness. Um, and, and while Living Forward isn't a, a health and wellness book, so to speak, it really kind of is in a, in a more well-rounded sense because it's your whole life, your your spiritual, physical, mental, financial, career, vocational, whatever. You know, it, it is uh, a a health and wellness book in the broad sense of of the term. But you co-authored the book Living Forward with Michael Hyatt, but you were the first one to introduce him to the concept, though, right? Yeah, that's correct. So Michael uh, Michael came to me through uh, John Maxwell, and some of you might know of John. He's a, a well-known thought leader, writes a lot of books on leadership, and uh, has just had a fantastic impact in the lives of many folks. And John and I, years ago, used to do a lot of work together. So I coached uh, many execs on John's team. Uh, John and I shared the stage uh, 
at a whole bunch of events in the late 90s through early 2000s. And, and John introduced his publisher, which was Michael Hyatt, to me. And uh, Michael was at that time a publisher, not the CEO and chairman of Thomas Nelson, but he was a publisher at Thomas Nelson and was uh, really wanting to grow and wanting to get some things straight. So I started coaching him. And one of the very first things I walked him through was the life planning process, which is what we outline in Living Forward. and. Uh, in walking him through that, it made a profound impact on him, his thinking, his beliefs, and then his behaviors. And he's grown immensely since that very first uh, experience with life planning some 15, 16 years ago, so much so that I was blown away. I was at his home in Tennessee just a, a month or so ago when we were getting ready to launch the book. And uh, you know, early in the morning, I went to the gym with him and that night I had dinner with him and his wife, Gail, and his kids, and I've just watched them all grow and just seeing how different he is today, how switched on, how present, how intentional he is today in comparison to where he was 15, 16 years ago has been mind-blowing. And uh, as you know, Michael is a very hungry, humble learner and student and is incredibly generous with what he learns. So he loved life planning. Uh, he began sharing it, as do many of our clients, with people that they care about. He wrote an ebook off of our process, and then a couple years later, approached me and said, "Hey, would you like to write this book with me?" And I said, "Dude, I'm going to write it. So let's let's go. Uh, let's let's give it a go together, better together." And today, I'm really, really grateful that uh, we came together and and have created the the living forward piece. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-275. 2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. One of the things I liked that you guys did is how you included quotes from other people, I think at the beginning of every chapter. Uh, And one of my favorite quotes is is the Daniel Burnham quote, make not little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood and probably themselves not be realized. Make big plans. Aim high in hope and work, remembering that a noble logical diagram once recorded will not die. So let's break down that that quote kind of into uh, the the mission and the vision of the book. Tell us what a life plan is, why we need one, and why we don't intuitively do this. And this is and and this is something that I was thinking about as you were talking about how you were introduced to, to Michael. Here's a guy who's like you know at one of the leading publishing companies in, in the country, let alone the world. He, he's publishing books for the guys like John Maxwell, who are all about leadership and productivity and life. And yet, you know, it's kind of like the, what's that old saying? Like the cobbler, the, the shoe cobbler with no shoes or something. I mean, like here he is publishing these great pieces of, of educational content, but he's, he's not actually taking time to live it out. So why don't you, why don't you take it away on, on terms of, what a life plan is, why we need one, and why we don't intuitively do this. Great. So um, a life plan, a short written document for you, by you, that helps to guide your decision-making. 
And this is something that we all need to come to grips with. Our life story will be comprised of all of the little decisions that we make each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, and each and every year. And then that year times some unknown unknown number, that will tell the story of our life. So life planning is the short written document that you put together that identifies all the areas of your life that are truly most important to you. And then you cast a vision for where you would like to see yourself at some point in the future. I'm 51 years old. I've been married to my sweetheart, Sherry, for 28 years in July. And the vision that I have for Sherry and I is at the age 75. At the age 75, what I see for Sherry inspires me, compels me, and pulls me forward. So a life plan has that vision piece. And then it has my purpose. What's my purpose as the steward or the overseer of this one account in my life? And again, I have many accounts. I have my health. I have my finances. I have my faith. I have my career. I have my family. I have each of my kids. I have a sanity account. I have a self-development account. I have an extended family account. Uh, friends accounts. I've got all these different accounts. And the reason that I call them accounts is because these are the different areas of my life where I play a unique role and I want to add value. I want growth in net worth in all of these areas, not just the most common one or two, which is our career or our finances. And in the end, everybody listening, you guys want that too. You don't want to be incredibly successful with your business and yet bankrupt paying alimony and child support as you're checking into the hospital because you just had a massive cardiac arrest. None of us want that. We want to succeed on all areas of our life. So the problem is that most of us don't go about it. And I'll I'll hit that in in a few minutes. This life plan is a short written document. It's got a vision. It's got your purpose, your primary role. And then it has some specific actions that you can take, you can intentionally put into your calendar and you can follow those and implement those on a daily and a weekly basis so that every time you do, you're mindful of increasing net worth in all of those areas. So it really helps you to see what's most important to you and then how you can strategically close the gap from current reality to that future state. That's what a life plan is. It's for you. It's dynamic. You're always reviewing it. You're always changing it. And then you're doing your best to live it out. So this life plan, it's the short, dynamic, ever-changing tool that serves you. And you use it for decision-making. And the way the brain works is if we can attend to what matters most, if we can see what matters most, and if we have a system for always looking at it, then it helps us to choose what matters most. And then we, we avoid the things that don't matter as much. So it helps you to make better decisions. You fill your day with more of the right things. And there's all sorts of brain science behind how this works. If any of you are familiar with Dr. Henry Cloud, uh, you know what I, you, you know that he would validate this and maybe his book boundaries for leaders. And if you don't know of Henry Cloud, you should Uh, fantastic, fantastic executive coach and, and therapist, but the guy's dynamite. Um, So that's what a life plan is. It's this dynamic tool that you plan from. It helps you to make more intentional decisions. Why do you need one? Um, You need one because most of us drift through life. Most of us will not 
tend to what matters most today. We buy a lie that we can get to it tomorrow. So I really want to hyper-focus on you entrepreneurs or folks that are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs. What's most common is we get super excited and passionate about the business that we're starting, that we've started, or that we're running. And it's all consuming. And there's always more work in a day than we can do. And then we start to experience some success. And that, that work increases, staff increases, opportunities increase, customer base increases, problems become more complex. So you've got to get comfortable with the reality that tomorrow's not going to be any lighter or lit any easier than today. That is a lie. So you need one so that you don't amass great net worth in one or two accounts in your life and go bankrupt in some others that are really important. And I'll tell you, as an executive coach, Mike, what my team of coaches will share with you is our toughest days are days where we spend time talking to a client an incredibly successful executive, you know, leading a massive company. And and the conversation isn't around how their strategy failed. It's not around how their leadership at work failed. It's always around how something took place between the hours of five at night and nine in the morning. Something happened to their personal life. And then the dominoes began to fall. So they had marital issues. There was an addiction. They didn't take care of their health. They neglected a kid. Uh, you know, they, they, they allowed relationships that were important to become distant and to break. And then how that starts to consume them and impact them at work. And now the dominoes are impacting them at work. It really matters because when we're talking to that guy or gal and they're telling us about pain or worse yet, regrets. Regrets are difficult to fix. Uh, Mike, I was with about 5,000 leaders last month at an event in Florida. Two very well-known CEOs who are in their 70s were sharing life lessons with this group of leaders. And the question was asked of them about what advice do you have for all these young leaders? And these two very well-known, seasoned, grandfatherly type success CEO said, man, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of what matters most. One shared a story around how he had to go back to his adult children and ask them for forgiveness for being absent. And he missed every aspect of their lives. And he said, I raised a good family. He said, they forgave me. He said, but they can't do anything to give me back the memories, the moments that I missed. There's nothing I can do to get that back. There's no amount amount of money I can pay to get that back. That's tremendous. You know, it reminds me, the why we need to do this question reminds me of a quote that I recently heard that I had never thought about, but it comes from Alice in Wonderland um, that the Cheshire cat says, and he says, uh, if you don't know which road you should take, any road will do. Right. You know, and it's so true because, I mean, like you're just going to wander your way through life yeah. with without intention. And so, you know, anytime you get bumped in any one direction, you have nothing to kind of pull you back. No, and that's the way a lot of people go through life is they make decisions based upon pain points or opportunities, which are oftentimes emotional. And what a life plan does is it helps you to put logic by bringing mind and heart together. And then you use that to make better decisions. Now, now here's something for all these entrepreneurs, all these business folks listening to us to understand. 
you need one because it'll make you more successful at work. And I can build one heck of a business case behind it because you need to understand self-leadership always precedes team leadership. So if you want to be a more effective leader at work, then you need to be more effective in leading yourself because everybody's watching you. As CEOs, as entrepreneurs, business leaders, you need to understand your teammates are watching you and they're making conscious and subconscious decisions as to how much trust and engagement they're going to give to you, how much of themselves they're going to invest in following you, dependent upon what kind of a picture you're painting through your behaviors, your conversations, and how they see you doing life. So how you lead life, all right, impacts how you lead others. And I could go on for 15 or 20 minutes on all of the the case studies that have been done on why companies get to places of such notoriety that Harvard wants to go in and write a white paper on their success. I think of one large client of ours, Chick-fil-A. You know, they outperform their competitors in six days instead of seven, and they get Uh, Same store sales growth rates that are phenomenal. They outpace everybody in the industry. Their income per store outpaces everybody. Uh, You know, there's all of these amazing metrics that caused Harvard to want to go in and say, okay, what the heck's going on here? And one of the things Harvard found is that they keep people for a really long time. Their culture is phenomenal. Well, self-leadership always precedes team leadership. There's countless HR studies that have been done that show that people don't leave companies, people leave leaders. So how we lead ourselves impacts how easy or difficult we make it for others to follow us. And if we can show our teammates that, hey, if you stay with us and you continue to climb and sacrifice and and transfer or invest your time into this mission and this business, that where you'll wind up later is better, not just career-wise, but in life. And if you paint that picture by how you live and you're more present as a result of how you're building net worth in all accounts, you become a better leader, you're easier to follow, people want to stay with you longer, and ultimately you get better results. I think, I think that's a huge takeaway, that, that, la- that one of those last things that you just said, which is people don't leave companies, people leave leaders. Like, like that's like, like whoa, you know, if you're, if you're leading an organization or a team, I mean, that's, that's a huge takeaway. Well, that was a, a big impetus to me writing my last book in 2007. I came out with Becoming a Coaching Leader. And basically, I said, hey, if you want to keep people, develop people. It's one of your most important tasks as a leader is develop leadership capacity. Make people better off as a result of them working with you. And then it's a how-to manual as to how to do it. But that's not what we're on the phone to talk about. <laughs> so why don't we, why don't we naturally... <laughs> this people don't know how and people don't know that they could they be they don't know that they should uh, people goal set and they get confused i'm not talking about setting goals goals are one thing goals are usually 90 days maybe a year long they're short term and they're past fail you either do it or you don't and uh here we are in march april with this thing going live and if we were to take a survey of everybody listening to us hey folks how many of you are living out your new year's resolutions we all know that the percentage of folks actually still living them out today is minimal. So I'm not talking about goal setting and I'm not talking about resolutions. I'm talking about life planning. And the reason we don't intuitively do it is because it's not common knowledge and it's difficult. Um, I want everyone to hear that I am pushing my book living forward, but I'm only pushing it if you're at a place in your life where you're willing to invest one full day to build your life plan. 
If you're not at a place where you're willing to invest one full day to put this plan together and then to review it on a daily basis, then don't waste your money or your time because the book is worthless without your conviction and ability to do that. So people don't do it because they don't have a roadmap. They don't know that you can. And life planning takes you up to this 35,000 foot level and, a, and it causes you to look at every aspect of your life and to examine where you're at. You know, I walk you through writing out your eulogy because I think that's where we need to begin. We need to begin with the fact that our days are numbered and there's no guarantee that you're going to have next week or even tomorrow. So the wise person fills their day with decisions that enable them to add the most value in the areas of their life that are truly most important to them. And you don't gain that wisdom until you come to grips with the fact that your days are numbered. Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I think that that's, that's a critical point that, that, you, that you made. You know, this is, this is not a book of fiction. This is a book of nonfiction, and that is our, our lives. And we should uh, take the appropriate amount of time to invest in that. If you're going to read Living Forward, uh, take action and, and, and do what the book uh, prescribes you to do, but if you're not gonna, if you're gonna read it like a like a book of fiction and say, oh, that was a nice story, and then put it away, then then right, don't don't buy it. What are the, what are the what are the main questions that we should be asking ourselves as we approach completing our first life plan? I don't know if I can directly answer that. So can I twist it a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think what you need to be comfortable with is that you're not going for perfection. You need, to, you need to be comfortable with, it's going to be an amazingly special, special day. You need to go somewhere special. And in the book, I walk you through how to get this done. You need to trust the process. I've been coaching thousands, and I mean tens of thousands, of leaders through this process for two decades. And it always makes a profound impact on those who really do it. So, you know, you just need to be at a place in your life Maybe the question is, am I ready to fill my days with more intentionality? Am I ready? Am I at a place in my life where I don't feel like I'm out of control, where I don't want to feel like I'm out of control anymore? I don't want to feel overwhelmed. Am I at a place in my life where I know no matter what, I'm not going to get it all done, but I need to get the right things done. I need to be the right guy or gal in the right accounts, the right areas of my life. And I'm at that place. And, you know, I don't care if you're in your 20s or in your 60s or 70s, there's still opportunity for you to make a greater difference in the days ahead. That's, that's huge. You know, one of, I, uh, I, I come from a big family. I'm, I'm one of six. And so I, you know, my sister's 39, I'm 36. My, my youngest brother is 21. So we kind of span like, you know, the, the, uh, the Gen X, Gen, uh, Gen Y or millennial generation. Yeah. And, and we're kind of in a really weird um, convergence right now of, of generations collaborating together, working together, living together. And, and I, I, it's, I'm a, I like to people watch and observe. And, and one of the things that is, is a little bit alarming to me, and I don't know really how to think about it, is how, like, how, how little many, I won't say all, but many millennials, people in their, in their early 20s, even mid twenties are really thinking beyond um, today. You know, they're 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 hooked on Snapchat and 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 other things, and constantly tied into their phones. So, how can we make this something? Because there are a lot of our listeners are in that that demographic. So, how can we? What would you tell a twenty something year old who looks at the word legacy and doesn't think it applies to them? You're gonna die. 
people. You're gonna die, <laughs> That's it, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm the cheery guy, man. I hark of you, man. He made me feel good. Um, no, the, it's the truth, and uh, and and the sooner you come to grips with your mortality and the opportunity you have today to make a difference, regardless how young you are, you can make a killer difference, huge difference today. But you've got to be crystal clear on what matters most to you. You know, this world today doesn't need a whole bunch of people that just say yes and go along with trends and follow cultural currents. What we need are people who stand for something. And in your 20s, man, if you can get clear on what matters most to you and start to develop some conviction around what you say no to, that and that's a big deal. You know, um, saying no to things especially for young entrepreneurs is difficult, but I can tell you when you are crystal clear on what matters most so much so that you can say no to good things so that you reserve capacity and time to say yes to great things. That's huge. And I I can't tell you, Mike, how many times I've walked more senior folks through the life planning process, 40s, 50s, 60s. And if I honestly could sell a book every time I heard this, which is, oh, I wish somebody would have walked me through this in my 20s. We'd be New York Times already. And um, it's just powerful. So I'm speaking to you, and I'm telling you, um, I want this, this process and living forward, I want it in every university. I want it to be mandatory for all who are graduating because what it does is it helps you to define what success looks like in life, not just in business, not just in your career, but in all areas of your life. And for those who are fortunate to be, uh, you know, following you and listening to your your input and your wisdom, Mike, and to older folks like myself and Michael Hyatt, who uh, co-authored the book with me, do it. You invest the day. Uh, read the book. Invest the day, and and use this as a tool. It will help you radically. I think that uh, two two things that need to be taught at every university that that like mandatory general education are number one. Um, basic time value money calculations and number two uh, life planning. You know, I, I think love that it. I think that those need to be added. Uh, you know, one so that people understand how much that latte is really co- costing them. Yeah, and and uh, and two so that they can learn to recognize when they're off path and how much that is costing them. Um, and you said it best uh, where where you, how you put it. I loved it, which was. Um, you know, get clear on what matters most to you so you can say no to good things so you can have capacity to say yes to great things. I love that. It's key. I tell you, it's key. So many of us get overwhelmed because we've said yes to so many good things. You know, the people listening, you, you guys aren't idiots. You know, you're, you're going to say no to bad things. And that's, that's the easy stuff. When it gets difficult is when you say no to good things, but they're distractions. They take you off vision. They take you off purpose, or they're going to cause you to really suffer some negative consequences in areas of your life that uh, matter more to you than the next buck. Totally. So, so assume that we've now done, uh, taken a day out of our calendar to do this life planning. We've gone to the Dream Inn in Santa Cruz, California. We hung out uh, at this beautiful spot for the day. And we've really done a thoughtful and intentional job of completing the life plan. What impact should we expect to see? You're going to expect to see impact everywhere. And that's probably one of the most rewarding parts of my job is not a day goes by. And that's probably an exaggeration, but it is pretty darn consistent. 
um, to where we don't get uh, an email testimonial um, from somebody whose life has been radically profoundly changed because of this process. So as an executive and leadership coaching company, we help business leaders with vision and planning and execution, team health, team development, succession planning, all the, all the business stuff that's really important. Um, but the testimonials that rock are the ones where we hear from people that uh, they never thought that their marriage would turn the corner and that they would experience intimacy and oneness again. Uh, they never thought that they would have relationship again with their teenage daughter. They never thought that they would be able to finish a marathon because they weighed 280 pounds and today they weigh 170. They wow. never thought that uh, they would have such peace as a result of them now investing in the areas of their life that are most important. And I've got, right next to me, I have this box. It's a Y file and it's filled with testimonials. And on top of that, my teammates made this huge, uh, um, it's kind of a, oh, come on. You put pictures in it. Album. It's an album and it's just got story after story after story. And then we've got electronic versions. And I can tell you, as a guy who's been living life planning and the living forward process for more than the last couple decades, I can't imagine it being any better. Like marriage, uh, family, uh, faith, uh, just a, an amazing sense of peace and gra gratitude. And I'm not saying that this is a magic lamp. And if you do it, you're going to have this perfect life. No, life throws some curveballs, and we've had them. And uh, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you're going to avoid sickness. It doesn't mean that you're going to be free from relational challenges because we people are funky and then we can't control how other people think. And oftentimes we ourselves are the ones to blame. It doesn't mean that we're uh, going to avoid uh, some poor decision making or just some just misfortune. It doesn't mean that. But what it does is it positions you to be filling your days and reacting to whatever life throws your way in ways that enable you to make proactive, intentional decisions. You're in control more than you think. And that's the beauty of this. So there's peace in that. And at the end of the day, when you look at your life some 10, 20, 30 years from now, I'm telling you, if you do this, you're going to have a much higher probability of living a regret-free life. That's what you can expect. Yeah, totally. And you just said a word, the, the main word that I think really drives why this, why life planning is successful is the word intention. Because in each of these areas of your life, you now have the ability to live them on purpose and intentionally, as opposed to just haphazardly and move in whatever direction the wind blows that given day. Exactly. And, and are you, are you looking at this like every morning, do you check in every morning no, on this kind of thing? Not anymore. Not anymore. I'm a weekly guy. Okay. So what I uh, and we coach is that once you've completed it, we want you to review it every single morning for 90 days. And we don't want you to allow it to become routine. So there's some days we're having you read it out loud. There's some days where we might have you share it with somebody else. There's some days where we're having you mix it up a bit, but you're reading it every day for 90 days, so much so that it becomes burned into your memory. Then you go on to a weekly review. And for me, I'm a Monday morning reviewer. And I review on Monday morning. I look at my week. Uh, I look at our business vision. I share a piece of that with my team every Monday morning. And then I make sure that my calendar and the decisions that I'm making when I meet with my assistant, when I meet with my colleagues, uh, when I have my Monday evening date, afternoon uh, date with my wife, 
I just make sure that I'm very mindful of what matters most. And for me, doing it at the beginning of the week has been just a great routine. That's fantastic. You know, one of the one of the I think biggest value items that you you even give away for free. You don't even have to buy the book. I don't think is the is the life assessment, uh, the Living Forward Life Assessment tool, um, which is available on livingforward.com, and we will uh, include that in the show notes. But I was blown away by how accurate it was and, and the different categories that, that you have to buy the book to really learn about. But, um, I, you know, the, the lift, the gift, the drift, and the shift categories, I was pleasantly, um, su- not surprised, but I, I, I figured that I would have a, a lot of critical kind of core components in the gift category with my marriage and my parenting. I've got four kids and and my spirituality and my social. I think my my social uh, network just kind of like barely made it into that gift category. But then there's other areas where health and self-development and finance are in the lift category. And then I even have one component in the shift category that, you know, has to do with vocational. Uh, and, and I wasn't, I knew it was going to be there, but it, it's really powerful to get these quadrants and, to, to look at them. So, so say someone's done this, how do we take this and work with it within the life plan? Yeah. So, uh, two things, first off it's livingforwardbook.com, and we need to make sure we got book in there because livingforward.com takes you to somebody else. So livingforwardbook.com living forward book. Yep. And so, so once you take the assessment, I love hearing, um, you, another person who's gone through it, and it's like, okay, I see now. I see where I've got some momentum, and I see where I need to be focusing some more attention. That's really the purpose of it. It's just it gives you a uh, it gives you a snapshot in time today as to how you self assess your passion and your progress in the areas of your life that matter most to you. And once you do, now you're aware of your self-perceived current reality. So you can do a few things with that. You can share that with somebody who's closely linked to you. So it might be a spouse, it might be a, a brother, a sister, a friend, a colleague. And you can say, hey, is this how you see me? You know, somebody who knows you well, is this how you see me? Am I seeing things right? You know, um, when you're looking to continue continuously improve and everybody that we have the good fortune of working with. They're humble and hungry people. They want to continue to improve. They want to improve in all aspects of their leadership and in life. You can't really identify a clear path to improve on until you understand your current reality. So you need to understand and be firmly grounded in current reality. And that's the power of that assessment. It helps you to say, here we are, 2016, this is how I see myself, and I've got some input from others, and this is, this is current reality. Then when you, you go and you invest your day and you complete your life plan, you can use that current state to help you fuel a vision for each of the areas of your life that truly is clear and compelling. And once you do that, once you've got a clear and compelling vision for your health or for your marriage or for your family or one of your kids or your career or your finances at some point in the future and you've got that clear, compelling vision and you've got current reality. Now you've created what we call the opportunity gap. And now you have a clear gap that is grounded. It's the starting point on the map. You've got your coordinates, starting point and end point. And now you can build the specific roadmap, the steps that will move you from here to there. And uh, and that's how I would suggest you use it. That's brilliant. I, I really appreciate that. Last two questions. Sure. How will you measure your life? I probably won't. 
I probably won't be the one measuring my life. And I'm so sorry, dude, I'm a little shallow, but I, I just don't, I don't think I'm going to. I think what, in, what fans my flame um, is how I impact others. And I have a prayer every morning. I'm a man of faith. And in my morning, my prayer uh, basically has to do with me striving to please an audience of one. And at the end of the day, may I lay my head down on the pillow uh, exhausted because that's what I've done. So my life's going to be measured by how I live out my gifts, my callings, my passions, my purpose, so that I bring glory and fame to one and so that I make a positive and lasting difference in the life of everybody that I comment, come into contact with, whether that be the janitor here in our corporate office or whether that be my sweet, beautiful bride. It doesn't matter. People are beautiful, created for beautiful things. And my belief is that each and every day we can make a positive and lasting difference in the life of everybody that crossed our path. I totally appreciate that honesty and, and authenticity. And I mean, that that kind of like that question, you answered that question in a different way, but but you certainly did because you essentially said what you want your legacy to be uh, at, at the at the end of the day when you when you do lay your head on that pillow and God calls you home. You bet. Yeah, you know I uh, I say that I always see a um, a light switch on the on the chest of everybody that I come into contact with, and that light switch is connected to people's hearts. And when they interact with me, my hope is that. It, the interaction causes that switch to just be pushed up just a little bit. I don't ever want to be the guy that leaves it neutral or pushes it down. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've got like five pages of notes here. This has been such a great um, uh, call with you and, and conversation. Thank you. How can how can our uh, thank you? Uh, how can our subscribers connect with you? Follow you. Uh, learn more about you, et cetera. Okay. So um, me personally, uh, I've got a, a Daniel Harkavy fan page or whatever you call it on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, so Facebook and uh, and Twitter, uh, Harkavy is H-A-R-K-A-V as in Victor Y. And uh, you can learn more about the book that we've been talking about at livingforwardbook.com. And then my company is Building Champions. And Building Champions website is buildingchampions.com. And we're also on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter as well. And uh, Daniel Harkavy and Building Champions kind of go hand in hand. You're just going to get a lot more robust experience if you're following the company because there's a whole team of coaches that are adding content, thoughts, and value there. Awesome. Any last uh words of wisdom you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, only for you, buddy. This one's for you. Um, thank you very much for allowing me to share with you and all of those that are uh, allowing you to impact and influence them. And uh, just from my research prior to saying yes to the podcast, as well as to this conversation here, I, I get a great sense for who you are and a, your desire to help people to live out of a place of passion and to, and to uh, create products or services that make a substantial difference in this world and in so doing, create fantastic lives for themselves and the people that they employ. So well done. Keep going and make sure that your vision is both clear and compelling for you. And uh, I hope that you actually become uh, a raving life planning fan yourself so that you can impact many. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Daniel. I know you're a busy guy, so I want to get you on to crushing it with uh, other people and and your family and, and uh, you know, those hipster um, <laughs> chainsaw-whacking people up in Portlandia. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Right on, buddy. Well, hey, thank you very much. And uh, let me know if there's anything else I can do to help. Will do. Thanks, Daniel. Okay, bye-bye. 
Holy smokes, you guys. That was a fast and furious episode. There was so much that was thrown out at us today with our conversation with Daniel Harkavy. He shared some tremendously valuable information about mentorship and the impact that a mentor can have in your life, especially in the area of being able to empower yourself to be comfortable enough to ask for help and push yourself to get out of your own comfort zone so that you can achieve greater levels of success. One of the favorite parts of my interview with Daniel was when he talked about how self-leadership precedes team leadership because everyone is watching you. And people don't leave companies, they leave leaders. Boom. One of the biggest reasons why you should do a life plan and read the Living Forward book is because it's going to enable you and me to get clear on what matters most so that we can say no to good things to ensure that we have enough capacity to say yes to great things. So as usual, all of this amazing information and these resources will be linked in our show notes, including links to Daniel and his company, the book, as well as Michael Hyatt. We'll even link uh, stuff to John Maxwell in there. I hope you got tremendous value out of our interview today. Please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. This is so important to us. You can also visit our website at www theimpactentrepreneur.net and subscribe there to the podcast as well as to our blog, which we are growing every day. Thank you so much for investing your time with us today. Now go make an impact.